Salutations and shit, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, um, where we have a discussion on the nuance of travel, more what the experiences and the um, the feels, if you will, of travel have done to um, broaden your perspective and enhance your life. I'm your host, D. Carrie, and I have mentioned before that I'm trying to do this whole not dig around the beginning, just get to the fucking point. So there's merch. I spent the last weekend just, I basically make the shit I want to wear and then I just put it up there. So I'm excited, waiting by the door, like for my stuff to come in. And um, thank you to all of y'all that support it. Shout out to my mom because she bought that shit. Um, like, I don't think I've ever seen her buy that much stuff like in my entire life, but she bought it with me. Thanks, girl. Appreciate you. Love you, Ma. Um, also, thank you to the, um, the rest of you guys who've been buying merch. Um, I appreciate it. Make sure you send me your pictures. I love to see it. Uh, speaking of merch, there is also on the site a course that I uh, created, the uh, Solo Planning Travel Guide. So if you are ready to take the leap and uh, plan your first trip, whether it be something that you do now or in the future, it's up there. If you have traveled on your own and you know somebody else that you don't really feel like holding their hand, I did the work. Send them the link, appreciate it. Um, I'm working on a couple of other courses. Um, I have uh, an incredible network of black women resources and I would like to um, open them to you as well. So be sure to uh, sign up for the mailing list so that you will be in the know for when those courses drop and for just additional shit that I tinker with. Um, I don't really like sending. I don't want to write a lot of emails, so you won't get a lot of emails. I can promise y'all that. Um, all that can be found on travelandshitpodcast.com or if you're following, following me on Instagram at underscore D-C-A-R-R-I-E or um, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H underscore T, you can hit the link in the bio and it'll take you directly there so that you can do whatever you want from one spot. So that was the commercial. How long was that? Two minutes and 36 seconds. Not terrible. Okay. I'm, getting I'm better, getting better. Truncated. You know what I mean? I'm getting there. <laughs> so I've got a guest this week, my beautiful guest. Thank you for joining me. And as always, I prefer to have my guests introduce themselves because I feel as if you know yourself better. And you know all the points you want to hit. So guest, please introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Francis. I'm a clinical social worker, trained therapist, and coach. Some of my clients call me a coach, And I literally just help women remove emotional blocks so that they can thrive. I'm also the co-founder of Chronicles Abroad, a travel podcast that inspires people to travel with passion and purpose. Also the uh, founder of TAP, Therapists Are People Too, pretty much a podcast specifically for therapists and healers to just talk about life's bullshit. <laughs> just a little unconventional and uh, a very different kind of podcast and also the creator of Define Resistance and that's uh, my coaching practice. All the things. And All so that things. makes you like the perfect person to discuss this with. <laughs> Because this is a conversation that I've wanted to have for quite some time. So um, I'm going to set the scene. 
Okay. I um, have not, well, mm, not recently, but I believe that intentional travel has made such uh, an impactful difference for myself in my travels in the sense that I've realized after hitting a couple different destinations that I am absolutely not the same person as I don't think I should be, even outside of the scope of tra uh, travel, almost said traffic, outside of the scope of travel, I feel like general life experiences and interactions with people are going to change you just because that's the nature of humanity and social interactions and shit. Like you should just get better when you have more experiences, right? But along those same lines, the more I traveled, the more I was able to see how differently I behaved and how differently I experienced myself in the different environments. And not the different environments in the sense of the different countries that I went to, but travel me and home me. Um, I've mentioned this on past episodes, so if any of you guys listening are familiar with all those uh, introspective in, uh, conversations, those episodes, uh, appreciate y'all. But I've often said that me abroad is willing to jump off a cliff. Me abroad does not want to be in the house. Whereas me at home loves my couch. And I just bought a new couch. Hello, fancy pink suede couch. My, both my nanas is looking at me side like, okay. And I'm like, ha, it ain't, I got new couch money, sis. So I can do what I want, right? I'm grown. Hi, grandma. Um, but I've noticed that... I am low-key a hermit when I'm home. I'm, I've never really been a uh, social person in terms of, I, I would actually say that I'm more an ambivert. I prefer being alone. I am rejuvenated and re-energized by just taking time for myself and being able to do whatever the fuck I feel like doing at the time, whether it be binge-watching TV or it'll be... Um, reading a book or scouring the internet for something that I've just decided that I want to learn how to do. But I can function absolutely fine in social settings. Like I'm not, I don't find myself being socially awkward in groups. I know how to engage in conversations. I think that um, it's funny if anybody, I know a couple of you um, know I talk about my parents a lot, especially, and it's a, it's a tickle to me because I know that they watch the podcast on YouTube. So, um, hey y'all, my dad is the social fucking butterfly. We can go to a buffet and he will leave. Jim, Steve, Brenda, it's a pleasure to meet you guys. We'll stay in contact. All right. You know, take care, make sure you step in, you know, check with the grandkids and let them, and you don't fucking know these people. Like what I don't, that that's just him. And I actually learned my little brother's the same way as silent as he is, I feel like around family, he's like, again, my dad, social butterfly. They, they thrive in these social environments. Whereas I'm more like my mom, speak when spoken to. I don't think that I've often been mistaken for the, the stush one or the stuck up one just because I don't speak. It's just, I don't have anything to say. Like, I don't really enjoy um, empty conversation. Like, I don't really want to um, talk to strangers. But if you engage, if you speak with me, then it's just like, oh, you actually are mad cool. Like, yes, I can hold a conversation. I just don't like to um, place myself in other people's spaces. Like for me, it's just always been one of those things that I feel like I've 
that's always been my thing. Even when I was younger, like if two of my cousins were over there playing together, I would just sit by myself and want to play with them. But I just felt like, well, I don't want to interrupt whatever game they have going. So I'll wait for them to invite me. So that's just my personality. And I know that I feel in the conversations that I have with my other girlfriends that are solo travelers, hey, Missy, we absolutely can speak with other people, but we just tend to vibe by ourselves. So I don't think that I am unique in that um, experience. But all that being said, when I'm abroad, I am absolutely going to say something to the person sitting next to me on the the bus if it's like a group tour and we're going to, um, like I know I did a, a, a day tour of three countries in uh, when I went to visit Spain. So we started in Barcelona, then we went up to like Bagat, then we hit Andorra, and then we hit France. And I made friends with the girl that was sitting next to me. Well, she's a grown woman, dentist. Um, we made friends and we ended up hanging up, af- hanging out after the trip. We went to this really great um, street fair. And it's like, I connect with people so much uh, more differently when I'm traveling. When I'm home, if I go to an event, I feel like I'm forcing myself to be friendly. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand why there is such a, uh, uh, a space, like that huge difference in the way I um, experience myself, my personality in different um, environments. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that it's... Um, I don't know, because like if I go to a social setting, like if I go to a bar, like I said, I can hold a conversation. Um, If somebody has an event, I have no problem, you know, smiling and talking to their cousin or somebody that's sitting next to me. It's just I have no desire really to, um, I guess, connect with people the same way I do when I travel. And I'm hoping that it's just not in my head and that there's like, you know, a conversation to be had. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of theories uh, that's out there for that. So first of all, being back home, you're back in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know where the corner store is. You know how to get to the supermarket. You know where auntie's house is, that sort of thing. So it's almost like your brain just, it's not that your brain resets. It kind of like goes back to those default settings because you're back to what you're familiar with. Um, you're just back into your, your comfort zone. Whereas, and, and being back in your comfort zone, there's a reason why you left or you travel in the first place, right? Right. You know, most travelers, we travel because we like the adventure. We love the culture, food, meeting new people, just new senses and exciting all of our senses. So when you're back home, you've been there, kind of done that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you could go to the usual spot or you can attend the usual events. Well, you know, when you can do that, right. all that stuff. Right. Um, whereas when you're abroad, you're living for the moment mm-hmm. and everything is a new experience. And you get to basically decide, you know, how many of those experiences can you possibly have? And so I feel like when you're abroad, it's every, every day is just such a new day. So yeah. you find yourself doing things that you would not normally do back home. 
it's also a new, new kind of society, right? A different kind of set of standards. And travelers, again, we have a certain kind of personality. So when we come across other travelers, there's already that relatable um, connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, you left too? You know, what did your family think? Or like, how did you do it? And is this your first time? So there's already that commonality. Especially so with find, solo travelers. You find somebody exactly. else that's just by themselves. Oh, best friends, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot easier. And we talk about this all the time on our show on, on Chronicles Abroad. It's a lot easier for you to make connections that are a bit more in depth because you can skip all the fluff. Like mm. you can, it's just because you can have those kinds of vulnerable conversations. Cause number one, you may never see this person ever again. Right. Yes. <laughs> that actually has happened. We get deep <laughs> with strangers. Right. And so the, it's, it's, it's like this ability to just practice some of that. Whereas back home, mm, you may not be able to just relate mm. simply put. Uh, and so you find yourself just being more open to those kinds of experiences overseas versus in the comfort of your own backyard. But my question, well, hmm, I agree with what you said, but to take it, to shift, not shift it, but the experiences that, because it's like, I'm aware that I can absolutely give myself those new experiences. Like, I know that if, um, considering there is a lack of travel at this point, right? I do have, um, well, at this point, no, I'm not hanging out with anybody else really. But even before COVID, right? I would know that a friend is having an event. I would be more inclined to go to like an art show or some kind of happening that's happening in someone else's country versus a borough away. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I hate driving. I drive very well, mind you. I just don't enjoy it. Like I don't like looking for parking. I don't like sitting in traffic. It's it's so like in my mind, the whole get ready of it is really frustrating to me. I got to pick out something to wear. Can I wear chucks? Can I get it? Like, I don't really want to go if I can't. What do I have to wear? Do I have to wear heels? Do I have to dress up? Is somebody going to pick me up? Like little things, I, I tend to give myself a million reasons or excuses why not to go. Whereas when I'm abroad, my only reason is, am I tired or am I going to miss a flight? Other than that, it's like, okay, so how much is going to cost me to get there? Oh, let's go. And I do it because I know that my time, like you said, my time there is fleeting. Like I didn't, um, like I don't want to miss opportunities while I am traveling. However, it's in my head that I know I'm not in this, on this world forever. It's that disconnect between knowing that it's the same, but being so different. Like, I can absolutely give myself that adventure because I, I don't know where I saw it. I don't know if I read it or if I heard it, but or if it was like another um, influencer or traveler. I don't know. But they were saying how the look for the reason or the why of your travel and try to associate that to something else. Like, Someone said, I enjoy experiencing, let's just say, new foods. And they were able to just be a foodie traveling around the globe and blah, blah, blah. And that springboarded to so many different things. And it's not necessarily the travel 
that they enjoyed, it was the new foods and how being in other places just gave them that opportunity to experience different foods. So it's, I love like at adventure and activities and being outside and doing shit, but I absolutely don't do that. So I feel like it's, is that like cognitive dissonance where, I don't know, I feel like it's there, but I don't know if I'm using the right definition for it, where it's like, it makes sense, but it doesn't connect or I'm just removing it. I'm removing myself from it. I don't know. Like I can do the same shit that I'm traveling here. I could have gone to uh, Lorena's this, or I could have been at Andrew's that, but I'm just like, I have to drive. Well, what do you think it is? I mean, if you think about what is your first gut reaction to an invitation out when you're back home? I got to drive. I promise you, it's the, how am I going to get there? Do I have to drive? Is it in Long Island? Is it in Brooklyn? Is it Manhattan? Like, all right, so is there going to be parking? And so one of the things is, is ease. We know mm-hmm. that when we travel over, overseas, there's an ease of living there. So I just came back from Mexico mm. and I had um, somebody, I had a masseuse come to, to the hotel. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the Airbnb, I had uh, a woman to do the net, my Manny Petty come to the Airbnb. There's an ease about that. I didn't have to go right. anywhere. Right, right. And, it, and if you have traveled throughout Asia, you know, you could go and hop into a Grab or an Uber or something for way, way you know, affordable than you would in the States. Right. It's just dollars will get you to another country in some places. Like. Exactly. So I think it's a matter of ease as one of the things. Um, Cause I find myself doing that too. You know, I live uh, like they're maybe about 20 minutes outside of Boston. And I find myself like, eh, I'm not really feeling like going to town, but you know, I could get an Uber, but going into town this time of night, cost a certain amount of money and then I'm going to drink and all this other stuff. Right. right. So, I go into that entire conversation <laughs> of, but all right, if I yeah. go, I know I'm going to want to drink, but uh, if you drive, then it's just like, I right. want to drink and drive. And so then there's like so many hurdles and I know that it's me placing those hurdles on myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Because at any given moment, you can change that. You can decide, you know, what kind of mood uh, you're going to be in. You can decide whether or not you can reframe this as, is this a nuisance or is this an opportunity to really spend some time with some friends, an opportunity to see where the night goes and what can come of it? You know, we can look at things as opportunities or we can look at them as barriers. It's up to us. What you, Mindful Monday? Was it Minute Monday? That's exactly <laughs> Monday what message. you, Monday message. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what you were saying because I was listening on the way over. And it was just a reframing of your perspective. Like, is this really going to be a hindrance or can this be like a motivation? That's what I took from what you were saying. And that's a, so that kind of leads me to the next um, question I was going to ask you. Like, how do you suggest we, for those of us that do find that we experience ourselves that way, um, how do you suggest we reframe or steps to reprogram that um that little block that we put on the path for ourselves because i'm very aware that it's a matter of if you do this little bit of work or if you do this amount of preparation then i could totally be out 
being doing hood rat things with my friends. You know what I mean? I could be yeah. having a great fucking time. It's just right. the, do I have to iron? I don't know. I don't, you know, like, what are your suggestions? Yeah. And I actually share some of these suggestions because I'm doing, um, what is it? Black Women Travels International uh, Jubilee Conference oh, yeah, that's coming Wanda. up. Yeah, with Wanda. And so I share a lot of these tips. So definitely sign up and you can get yes. the full uh, workshop on, on fear. Oh, that's what's up. Um, but I love Wanda. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, so what do you do and what can you do when you're experiencing that, right? There are a couple of different things that you could do. So first of all, you have to, I always say, whatever thing that you're experiencing, let's take a moment to kind of like, let's remove the emotion just really quickly and just use pure logic. It doesn't mean don't process it. I Yes, process it and all that good stuff, but take a moment and let's play around. Like if I approach this logically, what would come about come of it? So if I'm experiencing sort of barrier to something. So the first of all is like, okay, what is the consequence? Like, if this was a major consequence in my, in my life, like what would that consequence be? And is it powerful enough for me to either take action or not take action? Mm -hmm. So I think exploring the consequences of that situation. And sometimes you call that negative thinking and how to use negative thinking to your advantage. Um, and then I always say, I always tell my clients, like use whatever challenges you experience and what micro ways can you practice some of those challenges so that when the big stuff come up, you approach it with a sense of ease mm -hmm. because the universe sends us messages all the time and different ways for us to practice the things that we really need to finally learn. We just kind of, we, we, we don't notice them as much. We're not being more mindful or we're just, you know, avoiding it. Uh, right. But those opportunities are usually there. And so it's up to us to grab those opportunities so that we can practice so that, you know, we get better at this stuff and build our resilience. I like that one because um, I absolutely use my logic, like street smarts, if you will. Like, I was like, oh, you're not afraid to travel by yourself? No, like nobody's worried when I'm in Harlem by myself. Nobody's worried if I'm in Brooklyn at two o'clock in the morning by myself. Right. <laughs> Granted, I get a parent's worry because my dad will always, well, I can come get you from Brooklyn. I can come get you from Harlem. So yes, I understand the logic, sir. I'm there. However, it's like the same sense that I use when I'm home or the same scent is the same sense that I use when I travel. People ask, you know, well, oh, well, how do you feel safe when you travel the same way I feel safe in somebody's neighborhood that I don't know? You just pay the fuck attention. You make sure that you look as, non I try to personally look as nondescript as possible. I just try to blend in. You just mind your business. And, you know, it just, listen, pay attention. Um, and just, I also tried, here's a pro tip, don't walk around like, now granted, people do this in their own neighborhoods. So you're not always telling on yourself. But there's like the person that's got the camera on their chest and like got the map in their hand, you're like your stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. if you're a tourist, kind of you're, you're a target. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> it's try just not to look like a tourist, y'all. You know, just <laughs> if you're going to be on your phone, make it Keep seem. Keep the fanny pack cute. though. Yeah, <laughs> we can do that foolishly now. <laughs> oh no, that's the speakers. I mean, oh, the no. headphones. This is why it would pay for me to be able to sit still in a chair, but not a you specialty know, of mine. Yeah, 
I get it. Comfort. Com- it's ease, right? Ease. There you go. There you the go. comfort, the podcast is so much easier to do because guess what? It's my shit. And if I yeah. don't sit still. You ain't got to. You ain't got to. Nobody. Right. <laughs> me. That's the only one checking me. And if I break something, that's checking me. <laughs> I can't afford none of this shit in here. But um, so the the little things in, or the little acts of little, uh, of making sure that I feel safe in my everyday life experiences or the little things that I'm able to do to, um, practice personal safety in my regular life is absolutely what I do to practice that or to ensure or better protect myself because anybody can be a victim. Honestly speaking, Mm -hmm. it's not that you're doing something wrong. If someone targets you, it's just because I, I don't want, God forbid, something happens to you for you to feel as if, well, what did I do wrong? Well, no, people shouldn't rob people. People shouldn't, you know, um, victimize people. However, um, that being said, the little ways that I've always just gone about life to keep myself safe, I absolutely implement when it becomes a bigger priority to stay safe because my dad necessarily, he's not going to be able to get to Bali the same way he's going to be able to get to Brooklyn. So how have your travels like how do you think that you travel are you the same home when you travel or do you find that oh, you're no. different absolutely your experience like yeah absolutely different i'm i'm a bona fide introvert uh however i know how to you know do what i need to do to socialize and all that sounds like a survivor's guy. i know what i gotta do to survive. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um so when i when i travel overseas i'm way more forward but i find myself taking some of the stuff that i have learned and strengthened overseas domestically so i there's an ease when it comes to if i really need to just talk to a stranger it's just it comes super easy for me because i've had to do it so many times overseas you know if you right. really want to have a rich and lived experience overseas you got to just reach out to folks talk to folks have be open and willing to have those kinds of conversations but i'm definitely a bit more adventurous overseas i'm more open and willing to try even more new things i feel like those opportunities for new things uh, are more ample uh, not that you can't have new things domestically but it's just a little bit different overseas it's things that because you're in a completely different society with a whole new set of norms and and laws and 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 holidays and all that stuff so you get to experience way more different things so i find myself just like you you know not wanting to miss out on those opportunities because again when you're traveling you're really living for the moment especially if you're doing long-term traveling if you're an expat or you're nomad like that uncertainty is always there. Whenever you talk to travelers, what do they say? Oh, you know, you ask them, you know, what's next? You're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they will never knows. You'll never, yeah. or rarely ever get an answer from somebody who travels extensively is nomadic or, you know, as an expat, they don't know what's next. They don't know if this country is going to be it. So I think those opportunities there for us to practice uncertainty and being okay with like things shifting and changing strengthens us. And hopefully you can take some of that and go, domestically. Uh, but if not, I mean, I think that's okay, too. I mean, there's sometimes there's, I think we're very, we're not one dimensional, right? We're very multifaceted individuals. Right. So um, I encourage you not to just overly identify with one aspect of yourself. I think that um, being home, you know that you have that security. 
so that if something does go wrong, like God forbid something happens, I know I can call my dad. I know that I can call my cousin or my mom or somebody will come get me or I'll know someone in the area where I can say, listen, it's like three o'clock in the morning. My car is like a mess or whatever. I'm just going to stay at your house. Whereas abroad, I would be way less likely to just randomly stay at someone's house that is my friend. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, well, 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 we are staying in Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember when I first went up overseas, I stayed in an island in Thailand called Kopanan. And Ooh. I remember I was spending about three weeks there. And the last week I decided to learn how to ride a motorbike. And I was kind of determined to learn how to ride a motorbike. I'm scared. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's probably not the best place to learn because it's the island is kind of, it's very mountainous and there's no like guardrails. So probably not I bet you they don't even place. have streetlights at night either barely right uh and so i remember getting the motorbike took me forever finally got it running and i remember getting stuck on a very dark i'm talking about like island dark okay and i'm thinking to myself and the moon that's it pretty much and i'm thinking to myself i can't call no triple a this motorbike just ran out of gas i didn't know and i'm sitting there and i'm like at least maybe 20 15 minutes driving from where i was so I was like, I got out the car, I got off the motorbike and I'm started walking. I'm like, not like I, I reach out to people. I'm trying to like say, hey, do you have gas or whatever? They have no English barrier, right? Language barrier. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't call AAA and no one could help me. Okay. So it was just me. <laughs> so I had to walk back to town, purchase like gas in a bottle. And then it took me like almost two hours. Come I was going to say, that's like two hours. <laughs> Cause that's easily uh, 45 minutes if it's a 20 minute drive. Right. So I had to come all the way back. And then, so things are different. They take a little while longer. There's none of that immediate gratification anymore. Uh, so yeah, so I totally understand what you mean by that. I think having, I think also for me, part of it is knowing that this is my shot. This is my opportunity. I don't necessarily want to um, live with self-imposed regrets. I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes you can regret things that you weren't able to do, or, you know, you can regret a decision that you feel like in the moment you may have had to make, or you may be more inclined to make because of your situation. Like, I feel like certain regrets are reasonable, you know, you you can kind of work through it like, damn, I wish I hadn't you know, dated him so long, but I see how I thought this was a good match for a while. And here we are. However, like not jumping off of a cliff in Cuba, it's just like, how do you go back home and tell the homies like, I was right there, but I got scared. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to feel afterwards? That for me, that's a a self-imposed regret. And I never really want to leave opportunity on the table, especially when I spent my bread to get here, I sat in that nasty ass airport, sat on that janky ass plane. I don't care what plane, they're all janky to me. Like it, they're, they're all gross. They're all, this is all before COVID. They've always been disgusting, sharing the same air with people that ain't brushed their teeth that day. You know what I mean? It's just things always Lord, been gross. Lord. That being said, you go through all of that to get someplace, and this has been someplace that you've been thinking about, or you've been, you know, it's been on, I also am one of those people that I am far from type A, 
I feel like I got to be one of the most laid back controlling people where I like to be in control. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm a little, little smoother with it, you know, where I've got like, um, like, uh, I always do a, a chart where I have all the days that I'm going to be there. I make sure that I notate when I'm flying in, when I'm flying out. So I don't fuck around and book something like an hour before I'm supposed to fly out and stupid stuff like that. That being said, I'll always then do, okay, Monday, these are my options. Tuesday, I write down all my options and then I'll go through and be like, all right, so if this is only available this day, that means, and so there's a process and I do all of this. And for me to just put so much effort and energy into something and then be scared, like scared. Like, I feel like it's one thing to be like, I didn't want to die. You know what I mean? But like that kind of fear is good, but Oh, what if I don't like it? Spit it out if you don't like it, but taste it, try it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, are you going to drown? No. Can you swim? Yeah. Are you great? No. But guess what? You get out. Like, you don't have to do it again. Like, I feel like uh, moderated risk. I handle, well, I think I handle risk home kind of okay. I don't really, sometimes I panic. Sometimes, I don't know, it's weird. Sometimes I panic and then other times I don't. Like when I went, I went and got a COVID test and the doctor was like, you're really good. Like you didn't like, I'm really impressed. I'm like, he's like, yes, that's why your blood pressure is so good. Cause you, you handle stress. Well, like, I'm really just a good actress. That's about it. Like, no, I didn't enjoy this shit sitting in my throat because it goes through your nose to your throat. It's trash. Oh, y'all. No. Live through it. I promise no. you. No. But that being said, it's just like, I am aware that this opportunity isn't going to come again so i'm more inclined to follow through with things that may be a little scary or may be um initially unsettling whereas when i'm home i think i have in the back of my mind i'll have another shot or if i don't want to do it today i can do it again if mm-hmm. i don't make this event they're going to have another event like the friends that i have at home these are my this is my core this is my group so i feel like you know i don't have to um be at every event like i don't have to show up to everything i can make it to the really important things and then i'm also a throw money at the problem if you're having an event i want to support you but i don't want to drive i'll buy a ticket and say here give this to whomever or you know what i mean like shit like that but that being said i think that I like your point about there being, um, what was the word in particular you said? Like, you don't have, like, not diverse. I think it was a D word. Um, and what, what was I saying? You were talking about it's, you don't have to be one or the other. We're um, or, oh, not dynamic. Thank you. Yes. Multidimensional. Like, you're mm-hmm. able to be and experience it's kind of like when you're different like with your parents than you are Mm -hmm. with your friends like I don't curse with my grandma I'll curse with my dad but I also just like don't curse as much with my mom just because they're different parents different you know um and it's but it's still me so I I I did like that point that you added in like all right don't beat yourself up over it but be aware there's a difference I like the micro follow with the small things so that when it becomes a opportunity to, you know, practice it in the larger chasm, like uh schasm, chasm, chasm, I think it's chasm. Is it? I don't know. In the larger chasm. See, see now, see, listen, listen. I, I don't fuck that both of us up. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but in the the larger scope of things if you will the opportunities are, will present themselves sadly i know my spirit guides in the universe is like oh sis we've gone over this a few times a few times but here we are <laughs> trying to push you i'd be like get off i want to do this and when i travel it's just so much easier to be like all right let's go yeah and um i'm aware yeah it's gonna be different for everyone um you know i always say fear is healthy um it's it's what we use to alert us if we're in danger or not but it's really up to us to kind of discern what is safe and what is it so we just have to once we you know are you know at a calm state we can process it a lot easier um, it's going to be different for everybody, but I always say like, you, you may not be someone who jumps in the pool when it's cold. Mm-hmm. Some people are like that. I just need to rip the bandaid off. I'm just going to get it, get it over with. And then there's some people, they got to dip their toe and then their foot goes in and, you know, like, <laughs> and then the ankles are hitting the water. Oh, so it takes them a little longer, but it's just a different way of processing. And I think you have to decide on what's best for you uh, to get you to where you want to be. It's kind of like people that wash the dishes as they go. It's still going to be dishes, bro. Wash one or two. <laughs> and then just wash the shit. Go back and forth <laughs> sometimes. Right. Time. It's just like, all right, so I'm going to use this fork again. I'm going to rinse it off. But I'm not going to wash the pot right after. First of all, who doesn't leave their food in the pots when you're done? Like, you want to wash Tupperware? I mean, if you have a dishwasher, by the fuck all means. Patience. Do you? Patience. Don't do that. What? You don't leave it in the pots? <laughs> yeah, right. Not girl. Oh, no, Got to put it in the Tupperware. Really? Yeah. After you just cook it, mm-hmm. the pot is a Tupperware. Unless y'all making like, see, I don't stew anything. I'm like a basic cook. Yeah. I'm gonna do this chicken, this rice, and each vegetable. <laughs> That's it. And it's all gonna either go in one pot if I can, <laughs> and then I watch the other ones. But I, I don't. Damn, that's a lot of work. Yeah, well, Haitians. The Haitian life can be laborious. <laughs> You're from the islands. Big ups. I'm a mental note that because I love me. <laughs> Oh, a chocolate Haitian man. Hello, if you're listening. See you. <laughs> See me. But so where are you located now? Uh, right now I'm in Boston. Okay. Um, yeah, looking to head out soon. So working now, on working on my ex- exit plan right now. In terms of leaving the country, like for mm-hmm. uh, to move or just yeah, for to move. To okay, move. where would you go? I mean, there's not a lot of places that we can go mm-hmm. with this blue passport. I'll probably end up in Mexico somewhere. Okay. I'm um, not sure. Do you think you'd go back to where you were the last time? Mm, no, because which was, I spent most of my time in Asia. This okay. is my third time going to Mexico. Uh, so I'm kind of still like looking around as countries open to see where I might stay a little while longer, but we'll see what happens. That is the beauty in uh, just being a remote worker, <laughs> a, a digital entrepreneur is that work anywhere this is getting boring yeah just go to the next place and you know traveling when you're already on that side of the world is so affordable Mm -hmm. and right multiple countries especially on that american salary or the american money that you're making abroad is just going to last you much longer Mm -hmm. i was actually listening to an episode of chronicles abroad and the young lady that moved to south africa Mm-hmm. I didn't finish it. Um, I think it was Nubia was saying, it doesn't have to be permanent. No. And I love that because I absolutely want to leave the country. And I was talking about it, I think it was either the last epi- two episodes ago or three episodes ago. 
that um, I have a lot of guilt in wanting to leave the country because my parents are getting older, my grandparents mm-hmm. are aging, and I absolutely want to enjoy the time that I still have with them. Mm-hmm. But I know that I personally wouldn't feel fulfilled, if you will. I think that I would look back on always living in the States as one of those self-imposed regrets. Mm -hmm. I absolutely want to live outside of the country at one point, but I just feel so, I feel like I would be abandoning my family. And um, duh, I gotta stay. So like I envisioned it just being a short-term stay. Like I envisioned it just being something that stay for a year or if I just stay close enough like Mexico or if I'm in like Ecuador or Panama or whatever like my my mom just retired congratulations again girl they can come and see me when they want you know and it's just I can easily get home to be there for my grandparents should they need me and you know one, one of my grandmas is good for ignoring her phone but my other grandma she's on it she can FaceTime now and all the things so it that reminder was um, for me right on time, the whole, it doesn't have to be permanent. So it's more of a push to be able to get myself digital in terms of actually making money and not spending money. Yeah. Creating. I mean, there's so many ways to create your exit plan. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, here's the thing, like there's never going to be a good time or right time. You know, when I bought my one way ticket to go overseas, uh, my son was going off to college. My father just passed away. Oh, you got a grown kid? I do. <laughs> He's 22. <laughs> and here I am thinking you like 32. Appreciate it. Gotcha, sis. Um, we don't age. <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, so it, it, someone could look at that situation and say, that was not really the best time when your family's grieving, you're grieving, to buy a one-way ticket to a place that you know, there was no black women travel. There was no Chronicles Abroad. There was no these Facebook groups. It might have been. I just didn't know about them. Right. So I went without having a network or a community. So there's never going to be a good time. It's kind of like re- reframing. Okay, how can I restructure this in a way that allows me to still be able to connect with my family and still have the adventures abroad that I would want to? And like you said, I'll just stay close by. I know for me, Go, living in Asia doesn't work either. I had to, you know, my, my aunts are older. Mm-hmm. So I know that I, I have to stay on this side of the world more than not mm-hmm. in case I need to fly home right. because, you know, I'm close to my family in that sense. So if that's the case, it doesn't mean like moving abroad or traveling long-term is totally outside, out of the question. It just means it just looks a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe doing it a little bit slower, a little bit closer, uh, but the opportunities are still there. How do you think that your clinical experience or your professional work with um, just helping people work through their own shit mm-hmm. has um, maybe aided or um, held you back in any way if possible in terms of your own travels mm. or even like your experience of travel? Mm. Do you mean like in terms of like your interactions with people? Like, Mm -hmm. because you are so in tune with people and, you know, they're experiencing them. Because, for example, I know that for me, the idea of leaving the United States to um, live abroad to avoid racial tensions and racism doesn't necessarily work for me because I don't feel like Black people are respected in most places in the world. But then, too, I know that even if I were to find a space 
where racism wasn't as prevalent as it is in the States, I'm still going to be looking at it from the lens of an American. So if someone doesn't answer me right away, now my question is, okay, so is there an issue because I'm black? Is there an issue because I'm a woman? Is there an issue because I'm here by myself? So now I'm, you know, snowballing my own experience onto somebody else. But since you've got the, um, the breadth of knowledge and the experience with being able to help people work through all of that and then your clinical background, is there a way that you find that you travel a little bit differently than a normal person, if you will? Um, I don't know if it's anything different because even I feel like whatever you're meant to do in this earth is already or always been a part of you anyway. So me being a clinician is just an extension of some of someone I already am. Mm. So if, even if I took off the clinical hat, um, more than likely it's, I'm still just being who I would normally be. Mm. Obviously, if I, when I put that hat on, it's a little bit more strategic. It's a little bit more intentional. There might be some more boundaries in, put in play. Um, but uh, the baseline, that is who I am. So I don't think it's anything that's vastly different. If anything, I do, I mean, I find that I do attract, I think it's maybe the energy that people really just want to like open up and, and share mm -hmm. all that stuff. So, um, you know, I tend to be a good listener. So it just kind of makes it easy for folks. So um, unless I have the hat on, uh, there's not a huge, huge difference. Is it difficult to take the hat off? Um, sometimes I have to catch myself. So I have to teach myself not to be in that space. Uh, and just to be present and be, not be so clinically focused or, and, and so that's a practice that you just develop over the years and relationships and all that good stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Has it helped you? Is there like, um, an experience you can look back on and say, okay, having this experience or knowing these things about people or about, um, clinical diagnoses or, you know what I mean? Has it is there any experience that you can look back on and um, like tell us about? Oh that? yeah, it definitely helped me, especially um, I was teaching abroad. That's how I fund my travels. And that's, I wanted to like travel, but still travel with a sense of purpose. So I decided to get my TEFL and taught overseas. And, you know, I taught with, with all types of ages, but I remember teaching at a private high school and there was a, a domestic violence issue between um, the student and the parents. So that came in handy. Uh, you know, working with kids came in handy because I have that background as well. Uh, so I was able to apply a lot of those skill sets um, at the schools that I was at, actually. Where did you, um, where did you go to teach? I taught in Thailand. I taught in Japan. Okay. Yeah. I feel like those are very different mm -hmm. environments. Yeah. What has your uh, travel experience been like? Well, I've been to 17 countries. Most of them have been in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, like, like I said, I lived in Thailand, lived in Japan, lived briefly in Indonesia for a little bit, like only like three, three weeks. Then I traveled throughout Mexico back in like pre-COVID, loved Mexico um, and traveled around Belize and South America. So yeah, looking for more once. <laughs> Once they let us, Lord. <laughs> I hope we're close. 
I do, but I don't want to, and I was having this conversation with somebody, um, that travel would be the only way I would get a vaccine. Otherwise, yeah, that's it. Like if you, like, you know how you have to have like a yellow fever vaccine and all that kind of shit um, to go to certain countries. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I would get a COVID vaccine. Mm. That is it. Other than that, I don't trust it. I feel like it's coming out too soon. It's, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to sit back and watch. Right, I'm absolutely going to see. Seventh wave. (laughs) There you go. When you said seven, seven, seven works for me. That works. I would prefer a strong like five years of testing first because I feel like yeah. even after five years, how long, how are you seeing what these side effects are? Yeah, how do residual, you know? The you know what I mean? impact. There's, in my mind, there's so much. You are putting something in your body. Now, granted, I understand that there's a, a, sci- a science to, what is it, viro- virology? Virility? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I see it. But... Science of viruses, uh, viruses, Viral, okay? Yeah. My brother is doing all that. <laughs> Proud sister Bragg, he's going to be so upset that I said it, but he is a fellow at Brown doing pathology. Okay. okay. Get it. <laughs> That's my black man. That's my baby. Um, but that being said, I understand that there is a a science to it. Like it is like, this isn't the first vaccine they've ever made. So scientists, I respect what y'all doing. However, imagination is crazy. I've seen too many (laughs) movies, read too many stories. And I too have a bunch of ideas of how that shit could go wrong. And I just am uncomfortable with that. Like I still don't even get the flu shot. Like I don't like the idea. Also, let's not forget the history of African-Americans in this country with medicine. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, so I personally don't like taking things and it that would be the only way that I would travel. And that being said, I want to go places. I'm working on some road trips, but even the idea of road trips is kind of because I also believe in solidarity. Like I don't just want to show up someplace and you know, put other people at risk just because I think I'm fine. So I absolutely went to go get a COVID test just because I would like to go someplace and know, took my test. I've also been responsible the entire uh, quarantine. So I can assure you that I'm not bringing anything to your environment as well. Um, What is your travel style? Like, are you a solo traveler, group traveler? Yeah, I'm a solo traveler. Um, You know, being an introvert, there's only so much (laughs) being a... a highly sensitive person is just only so much st- external stimuli that I can t- withstand. Uh, so I tend to be a, a solo traveler. Me and my co-hosts, we've traveled a, a lot together. Um, so I might do one or two, three more people, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing about group traveling <laughs> excites me. Uh, maybe for I like a you. day or two, but I, I don't you. even know if I could do two days. Yeah, so I mean, I do Airbnb, I do hostels. It depends. If I'm traveling solo, I like doing really nice hostels because it's a great way to meet people. Yeah. Traveling with other folks and doing all types of um, activities with folks that I just meet at hostels. Uh, So I'm open to all of that. I feel like they tend to have the same vibe also, mm-hmm. where they're okay with giving you your space while at the same time picking up those cues on, okay, you're open to talking now, or you're open to like, now granted, people are people. So yeah. it's don't go to a hostel and say, oh, D said that everybody's mm-hmm. going to get it. No, they don't all get it. Cause some of them are also there with their friends and they're just doing the budget travel thing or whatever. But I've met, I remember Shifa, 
we met in the hostel in Amsterdam and we're still friends. And it just, it just, she got the vibe that I was open to talk. And then it was just like, and here we go. And we ended up doing yeah. a whole um, episode together. That's a really fun one. Um, she ended up getting robbed like the first week, oh not like, the first week or the first month of like a three month trip. And when I tell you like the way she told it was just like, yeah, but you know, I figured it out. What are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, you have unlocked a different level of mature. Like, I don't think that I would be there that quick. Now, mind you, that had happened maybe like a couple weeks prior to uh, us meeting. So it was just like, for me, I felt like it would have still been fresh. I still would have been in my feelings about it, but she was just so, but then I think that, you know, that could be me looking at it with my home goggles and not like mm -hmm. my travel goggles, because you can sit and wallow and be upset and that, but what's going to get you to the next day? How are you going to get your next meal? So you want to sit and be in your feelings about it, or are you going to figure it out? And I think that, um, that tends to be, or it is absolutely a skill that if you can hone in while you're home, it'll absolutely, um, pay off when you travel because it's a, one of those make I'm terrible at making decisions I'm very indecisive and it's one of those things where you take your time when you have the opportunity and sometimes you don't and you just got to deal with it you roll with the punches and it's like you were saying the process of fear I have a well the what you were saying about fear I think it was um you have to decide whether or not it's enough for you to act or not act. I kind of have like a similar process when I find that I am fearful about something, I then try to name it. Like I try to focus on, okay, so what about this situation am I fearful of? And I go through different scenarios. Okay, so I remember the first trip that I took, I was going the first, well, no, Bermuda was the first trip. After Bermuda, I had a layover in Casablanca, and then I think I went to Thailand. And um, no, Qatar was before. Thailand. I don't know where the fuck I was going after Casablanca. Either oh, way, blends in after a while, doesn't it? It does. It's just like I was going to a place. It was a long flight. We stopped in Casablanca first, and that was the furthest I'd ever been in my life. This was the furthest I'd been from my family. This was the. This was the beginning of no one can save you at this point. You know what I mean? Like a mother was like, oh, I can get to Bermuda. Been there, done that, loved it. If you need me, I'm there. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks for the offer. But this was going to be the first time that I was going to absolutely be on my own. And I was in the airport, had these huge sunglasses on, like low key, like having a major Stun. breakdown. Like, oh no, stunting on the outside, dying on the inside. <laughs> was breaking the fuck down and I started crying because I was so scared and then I called one of my homeboys and honestly some people you love them dearly but they just don't do a good like my dad is not the talk you off a, a cliff kind of guy that's not really his uh strong point he's an he's a an acts of service person words of affirmation he's not terrible but it ain't not so much mm -mm. my mom is the words of affirmation she's the encouraging nurturing with the words thing. My dad is the, I'll go help you do it or I'll do it for you. That being said, this friend is generally like my dad in a lot of ways where it's just like, all right, so like scared though. So, I mean, okay. But this conversation, he did a really good job of just like letting me talk it out. And I had to really just say, so 
you've been places where people don't speak the same language of you. You've walked through Flushing and figured it out. You've been totally lost. None of the street, none of the, the store signs, the street signs are always in English, but the store signs aren't in English. And you figure it out. You find out this is where the MRI place is and you go. So it's not the new language. You've been in situations and places where you may not necessarily have felt welcome. And guess what? You made it out fine. So it's like I go through like a checklist of going over what I think I'm afraid of and then trying to compare it to a tangible or real life situation where it's like, okay, but why would that scare you if you've already done it? So, and then also it's kind of like, um, Here's another episode. It was a letter to my little cousins. Can't tell you what number it was. But if the decision won't make a difference in the future, it's kind of like when you're driving and somebody cuts you off and you want to be stressed about it. I'm always like, stay mad. Is this going to matter five minutes from now? Is this going to matter five hours from now, five days from now? And if it's not going to matter five minutes from now, why am I going to spend the next four minutes being stressed about it? You just let it go. It's just like, all right, you felt the moment, you pissed, everybody's safe, move on. And it's kind of like the same thing with when I look into making decisions about uh, things to do while I'm traveling. Am I going to have this opportunity again? Is this going to be a risk that I feel safe taking? And it is one of those things where I, like I mentioned before, like I'm aware that I do it differently but now that it is something that I know about myself, because this is also something that I wouldn't have known about myself if I didn't start traveling, that I can be so different in different environments and different experiences. But now that we've got COVID on our backs, it's a matter of, since I can't travel and experience myself that way, since I can't travel and give myself those opportunities um, the way I would like them necessarily, If I want that same excitement, that same rush and fulfillment, I have to make that space for myself while I'm home. So it's definitely, um, I'm really glad that you gave those suggestions about how to work through so that you can practice the small so that it becomes Mm -hmm. easeful. And, um, you know, those are the things that I personally am looking forward to within reason because still groups of people and you you pick and choose your battles you know what I mean yeah. I'm not at this point it's kind of like it's you be responsible y'all I know we outside but re, be reasonable about it you know what I mean just be responsible about it and do it in a way that'll keep you and the people you care about safe even the people you don't care about because at some point their germs is going to mix with somebody you do care about and it's a full circle so, you know, I, I really do think that if people spent some time thinking about other people. Empathy. You see what I'm saying? Wash your hands. Grace. Wash your hands this way, you don't touch something and then I get sick. That's what I'm that person at work. But when somebody looks like they do anything, mm-mm, don't put that in your mouth because then you're going to get sick. And guess what? If you get sick, I get sick. Me, I'm being selfish right now. Take your gloves out your face. Don't do this worried about me. However, I'm trying to impress upon them to think of others. So you're welcome. I'm that person. But um, so what else are you work Like, what are you working? I know you've got like 47 podcasts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on too much, Dana. Too no, much. no such thing as too, too much. much. Create to your heart's content. Yeah. Keep creating. Like as long, I feel like if you've got that outlet, that means it's in you. 
it's got to come out. Like it, there's a reason why you're doing all of it. Like you said, an intentional universe. So yeah. it's like your, your services, your gifts are needed in those areas. So please tell us yeah, what. I totally agree with you. I'm just, I'm being dramatic, but okay, yeah, good. no, I love everything that I've got my hands on. Um, besides the podcasts, <laughs> I'm also uh, the blog manager for Black Girl Ventures, which is a nonprofit organization that provides uh, access to financial and social capital to Black and Brown women. Um, and they've had a really successful year this year, and we're actually in our pitch season. So if you're an entrepreneur okay. and you're looking for money, you know, definitely check us out over at Black Girl Ventures. And we're also looking mm -hmm. for folks who want to donate to these entrepreneurs. If you like their idea, their business idea, send them some dollars. Uh, so I'm doing that. I'm also currently uh, writing a book. Oh, hopefully. Uh, the first draft will be finished by my birthday. Uh, When's your birthday? October. October when? That's like tomorrow. I love birthdays. <laughs> October 13th. Woo yeah. So I'm working on that book. Um, it's loose titles, problems with talk therapy. So it's just talking about my perspective on the limitations of talk therapy and different, being open to different healing modalities. So, oh, you have yeah. piqued my interest. I am into that because I tried <laughs> therapy and sis was nice. It's, that was it. It can take a little, you know. I'm trying to not like. But yeah, it's it's, it's almost it. like dating, honestly. When uh, it's just <laughs> you gotta you gotta just you know check out dating a few. <laughs> well, damn. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's you just gotta find the right one that you connect with, and that will be a game changer for you. And I hope the guy that I actually am dating doesn't hear that. But he knows it was the old. The it was the old, old mindset, right? She's like, no. Um, what else am I doing? And yeah, just working on my coaching program. I'm going to be relaunching it in October, October nineteenth. Okay. Uh, usually do some small group coaching and some individual work. Uh, but yeah, just being in in uh, the field of mental health. That's what I'm passionate about. Uh, that's what I've been here to do. Now, do you generally work with American? Have you found a difference, I guess, I would assume so, in um, like working with Americans versus working with um, people from other countries? Yeah, you know, there's a whole different, I haven't done like clinical care um, with people overseas. However, there, I mean, a culture is a huge thing. It's, a, right. it's even if you're dating somebody, like you have to consider culture as a, mm -hmm. um, you know, something that's going to be a part of your dating life and the relationship. So it's people overseas view mental health very differently, different cultures, whether you're part of the Asian community, whether you're part of the um, African community. So it's something to be mindful about. It's different. And I think that's what we just need to keep that in mind when it comes to mental health services. So. And I have yeah. one more question after you say mm -hmm. that. How is your experience ever as a traveler uh, impacted how you provide services for your mm -hmm. uh, patients and your clients? It definitely, I mean, my whole journey has been so healing for me and so transformational. And I'm very uh, grateful for it because it, it deepened my uh, expertise in different ways, but deepened me as just a human. And I think because of that depth, um, it allows me to really connect way deeper with my clients and, you know, co-create with them uh, in ways that allow them to reach their goals maybe a lot sooner than they thought that they could. Right. Um, and 
Uh, and also I've learned uh, different things. I mean, I've learned that there are different ways to healing. It's not just talk therapy. This, And I always say, you know, people from the BIPOC community, we heal differently. Mm-hmm. So it's important that whatever, whomever you choose, and I call, you know, therapists, coaches, healers, whoever you choose uh, really understands that BIPOC journey because it's yes. going to make a difference in your healing. Um, if they don't understand that, then there's no possible way that transformation right. is going to take place. They have to be able to understand race-based trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. So that has really further just gave me a new appreciation for culture, for the way people do things. And there's an extra layer of sensitivity there. Mm. I can appreciate that. Because yeah. I was specifically looking for a Black woman as a therapist. And um, it's funny because I was actually watching, uh, I think it's what is Hassan Minaj is a Netflix show or something on Netflix, like one of those docu-series or some shit like that. And it was basically, um, you know, how therapy is designed to not designed, but the, um, how it's so different than the, uh, healthcare system where it's just so much harder to find providers. And then when you go through the directory that your insurance actually gives you this person isn't accepting clients this person doesn't even answer this number is no longer in service this uh, Mm -hmm. mailbox is full so it's like I went through three pages to find one person that was accepting patients and she was very kind but just wasn't the right fit for me she was low-key she was falling asleep in our sessions well this is a it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just editing a chapter very similar to that in my book how I talk about uh, the insurance company, Big Pharma, and evidence-based practices, and how a lot of that gets in the way. So if you have you you, you have this network that's very disjointed, and it's also mm-hmm. not um, specific to people. Like there's this assumption, I think, and this is my assumption, but I, this is assumption that um, there needs to be this blanket way of dealing with mental services. And that's not the case because we all come from different walks of life. So we need different kinds of services. So you have a disjointed right. network um, that's created that makes it very difficult for people to access mental health services. Yes. And on top of that, um, it makes it uh, difficult for you to even navigate the system. Just like you said, like people go through that. And then on top of that, you're limited to the number of sessions. So there's a lot of reform that needs to happen with mental health um, just in general. Uh, and to, to add another layer to it, being a person of, of color, just makes it even that much harder because uh, there's not a lot of us out there in, in, in this field. Right. Uh, but we're here. And so that's why I, in, my, in my book, I say be open to alternative methods because um, you, know, you may find um, the person that you're needing to find along your healing journey if you're open to you know, coloring outside the lines a little bit. Shout out to uh, Janine of NRG. I can't remember the last part. Revolution or something like that. I don't know, but um, I've been doing Reiki sessions with her. Okay. And I've absolutely just loved our chats. And um, it's been, I feel like I've gotten more off my chest talking with her than I have with the, the therapist that I was um, showing up to. What kind yeah. of um, uh, modalities have you experienced in your travels? Um, so I've definitely, when I was in Bali, I specifically went to see the shamans. Mm. Um, I did shaman work and energy work with some shamans in Chiang Mai. Okay. Uh, I was doing some herbalist work with an herbalist 
Um, uh, and yeah, just really looking, leaning into the more the spiritual based practices. I feel like, you know, there is a disconnect there. I feel, you know, we've lost a lot of that, those old plant medicines that used to help us heal back right. in the day. Um, Even for mental health or like physical health? All of it. Yeah. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of it. So I've been, you know, just experimenting with different things and then seeing how I feel for it, how I feel and how I process it. Um, but there's stuff here too. You don't need to necessarily go overseas to do any of that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's, you know, we hold a lot of pain and trauma in our bodies. So maybe explore yeah. some somatic therapies, find somebody who's trained in somatic therapy. Um, and so somatic therapy is, is the idea that uh, moving our bodies helps to do the emotional release that we need. Uh, because stress, especially if you feel like Absolutely. you got this crook in your neck, you know, because right. you've been stressed all week, you know, maybe you need some a massage to help alleviate some of that. Uh, but you could also do that for trauma work. Uh, so uh, any trauma that's held in your body, you could definitely use somatic therapy to alleviate some of that. that that's also what you believe in too, right? So whatever works right. for you at the end of the day. Right. That is like a whole nother episode right there. Just like travel and alternative medicine. So I have to write that down. Alternative. I'm on pen. Yeah, Thank that's a whole, that. whole nother thing. People because travel I, far for alternative. I also, um, on that same or a related docu, um, Netflix, uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, the, but the, the mushroom, like the psycho, psychotropic psychedelics, or the psychedelics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like the what is it, Ayurvedic, not Ayurvedic, ayahuasca. Um, yes, ayahuasca. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That would mm -hmm. you do that? Have you tried that before? I have. What was that experience like? Mm, was it scary? It's, it's different for everybody. Um, I want to caveat to this and say, like these kinds of things, you really have to be emotionally and spiritually mm -hmm. at a place ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. um, what that basically means is that you've done already some trauma work or you've done some healing. You have some level of self-awareness uh, because um, that will de depend on what your experience is going to be like. So it's, you know, it doesn't matter what I tell you, what my experience like. Right. Yours is right. going to be like so different based on your uh, personal upbringing, personal experiences, and how you view the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's a lot of people, you know, take things lightly, but you really have to be physically too ready to, mm -hmm. you know, be able to receive some of that stuff. I would be, I think I, I'm, I know I absolutely wouldn't be ready now. I haven't done enough. You'll know, because there's no such thing as enough. Mm. You, know you never arrive you just keep going and you, really? you think going. so yeah yeah you just it just gets deeper because once you've transcended to mm -hmm. a one level of awareness you uh, once once that's complete so there's always a level of transcendence so you never arrive anywhere i mean that's sort of like the buddhist philosophies and stuff but uh knowing that there's kind of like liberation to that right i don't have yeah to, i don't it's this you know, you say, well, I have to learn enough. It's not about that. It's more about like, do I feel my intuition tell me that it's time? And then your intuition will guide you and it'll lead you to where it needs to lead you when you're ready. I'm glad you said that because I have a similar uh, viewpoint for uh, 
like relationships and love, like they say, oh, you have to figure yourself out and do the work and all that jazz before you, um, you know, are able to be in a relationship. And I only partially agree with that because I just feel like, well, I don't think I'm ever going to be fully done developing. So why would I wait to get to whatever level might be right? And then also it's just like, okay, so that level that you're at, does that level of person even know how to partner with somebody else? So it's, you know, I like that it's not going to end. So you get to a point where you're not totally clueless Mm -hmm. and then you kind of just keep chiseling away like a Mm -hmm. lemming. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so when it comes to relationships, you have to know what kind of mindset that you're in, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if being around certain kinds of people bring up triggers or very traumatizing than you, then maybe dating isn't now, but what, again, what other ways can you practice some of that stuff? Sometimes I tell my clients, you know, if you don't feel safe with a certain gender, what ways and what environments can you practice feeling safe before you even start thinking about dating and all that other stuff? Because First of all, like with relationships, the first relationship that matters the most is the relationship you have with yourself. So once you develop the relationship with yourself, then in what ways can I just learn how to have relationships with people before I bring in the romantic and all that other stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes we got to go through it to to get some of that wisdom, get some of that knowledge. Uh, But the way that you practice that is with another person. So yes, you do have to, at some point, get involved in a relationship and practice some of those skills um, that you're trying to learn. So where can we find you? Where can the people hire you? Where can the people (laughs) book you? Where can the people sign up for updates so they know when your book is going to be ready in October since your birthday is October 13th? Right. Appreciate you. Yes. Hey, hey, I really do love birthdays. I feel like it's your own personal fucking holiday. Like how you don't. It really is. It's the day that you was born. You know, you just gotta, you gotta hype that up. You get, you get stuff. People give you gifts. One of my love languages is gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hint, hint. Right. All of them. Winkity wink, wink. Numerous. So I birthdays, of course, birthdays and Christmas are my favorite. Always. obviously but sense. i love yeah. birthdays because you're able to celebrate yourself and, celebrate and, and life, yeah. this space celebrate you where can we find you yeah so i love to hang out on instagram you can just follow me at francis lease my name spelled a little funky so just check the show notes <laughs> yes <laughs> um, <be> there. <laughs> and catch me at defineresistance.com you can sign up for my newsletter i always send a, a monthly newsletter just personal thoughts and other stuff and of course, catch me on Chronicles Abroad for all the travel adventure. And if you're a therapist and healer, then definitely go check out Tapped. Therapists are people too. Or if you're nosy, like me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. This is going to be good. Like, it's pretty different. Because there's a way to, because I used to, um, like, you can discuss, like, inside the HIPAA bubble. You know what I mean? There's a way to do it without leaving a trail and it's just like oh i feel like you're gonna hear some interesting stories about interesting people this chair is falling apart but francis thank you so much for sitting with me i really appreciate this conversation um we went all over the place and i am like so happy that we did because it's like sparked off a whole bunch of different um 
little like the light bulbs nuggets, are in there. Some ideas. Yep. And stuff. The, the 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 what do you call it? The I can I can pull the the produce like my my garden. Is I'm, I'm not I'm not growing. good with that stuff. I'm an immigrant. We don't I don't even know what. <laughs> I can I can uh, my saying? garden blossom. Yeah, uh, like the 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 like I don't see. I dabbled with the idea of a garden, <laughs> and I'm at this point embarrassed <laughs> to say that I did, and I'm glad I fucking didn't. I'm not mature or uh, manual labor ready enough for a garden, but my plants is thriving. Yeah, I'm small, mom, but I feel yeah, like this plants. is when I would reap the harvest. So, like, I feel okay. like I've got so many like seeds. Uh, that planted. have been planted okay and like they're starting to bloom and it's just okay. like i just gotta pick it so that i have the harvest now i got like different mm, mm, baskets of test 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 i love that's you. what's up that's what's so up thank you for that i yeah, appreciate thank you that. for the invitation uh this was fun thank you so um guys i appreciate you all listening this week definitely check the um description the show notes so that you will see all the uh contacts and links for francis also, if you liked this episode or any other episode of Travel and Shit, subscribe. I really appreciate if you guys would subscribe to the show. This way, um, numbers matter, analytics. If you like the show, somebody else is going to like the show. So if you subscribe, leave a, a review of the show, it makes it so that other people can see and um, be able to have my exciting jazzy selves on their playlist. Um, and if you're really feeling froggy, and in a, I guess, maybe late birthday gift for me, early birthday gift for Francis, you can take my listener survey. That is also on travelandshippodcast.com. It's on the home screen right at the top. Appreciate you. Um, this way I get a feel for who you are, what you're listening to, what you want to hear more of, what you do like and what you don't like. So thank you for listening to me. And uh, remember that travel is more than vacation. Okay, guys. You like that? See, I actually added an end phrase. I finally pulled it. I, I found it. That's it. Right. Like, I'm excited about it. I feel good. <laughs> All right, y'all. Fuck with you next week. Bye. Cool.